0: Hello, and welcome back to Asia Watch Beyond the Headlines, where we take a deeper dive into current developments in Asia of interest and impact for Canadians. My name is Stuart Beck, the President and CEO of the Asia Pacific Foundation of Canada. Asia Watch is our free news intelligence service and features analysis on the latest news, trends, and issues in Asia that matters to Canadians. Visit our home site to subscribe at asiapacific.ca. This week, we are exploring the month long tug of war between Facebook and the government of Australia. Today, Australia passed a world first law aimed at making Facebook and Google pay for news content on their platforms. Last week, the spat reached a fever pitch after Facebook blocked all Australia media domestically and internationally from its platform. It also ended up restricting public interest information, such as emergency announcements, bushfire information, and hospital and pandemic information. Canada's Heritage Minister, Stephen Giebel, condemned Facebook's blocking of Australian news and declared his support for similar legislation in Canada. So the situation in Australia has real and immediate impacts for Canada. For more, I'm talking today with Daniela Rodriguez, a project manager and research analyst with the Asia Pacific Foundation of Canada. Daniela has been following developments in the digital economies of Asia. Hi, Daniela, and welcome back to Asia Watch Beyond the Headlines.
1: Uh, Hello, thanks for having me again.
0: You wrote this week in Asia Watch about the battle between Facebook and the government of Australia over the news media law. Can you tell our listeners what happened and where things stand now with Facebook and Australia since the legislation was adopted?
1: Basically, the whole dispute between Facebook and Australia stems from Australia's new media bargaining code, which was being debated in the Senate uh, last week, even though it's been in the works for a few months already. Uh, This piece of legislation is targeted at big tech companies, mainly Facebook and Google, in order to even the playing field between them and news media agencies. The whole argument is that it's going to make them bargain for better deals with news publishers to pay them fairly for content that is featured either through Google or shared through Facebook. Uh, However, both tech companies have opposed this code arguing that it doesn't really understand how Facebook and Google contribute to journalism by linking through it in search engine or by sharing it in the social media platforms. While Google has relented, Facebook did stick to its guns and ended up blocking all Australian news content from its platform domestically and internationally. This means that Australians did not could not share the news from Australian news agencies inside Facebook, either through chat or through the news feed. And even if you were outside Australia, you couldn't see Australian news in Facebook. Along with the news, Facebook also ended up blocking important public information like updates on bushfires and on COVID-19. Facebook tried to explain that this is a technical oversight, but the technical oversight still impacted more than just news which didn't wasn't a great look of course this alarmed not just the australian government but others around the world including canada as a retaliation, or basically reflecting how far these tech companies will go to avoid regulation, Facebook's news came to an end after negotiations with the Australian government, where both Facebook and the government agreed to make some amendments to the code, basically saying that if Google and both Google and Facebook have enough agreements with news media paying them for their content, then the code really wouldn't be applied to them. It also extended some time for negotiations before uh, resorting to arbitration, which was a major concern for both Google and Facebook because they didn't want to be forced into negotiations that necessarily wouldn't go their way.
0: Oh, that's interesting, Daniela. And you say that this could be a test case uh, for similar legislation around the world. Um, let's been Canada's comments on this. Does this mean that Canada is now looking at similar legislation?
1: Yes. So Minister Gilbo has made it clear that he wants to table very similar legislation. Of course it would be adapted to Canada's own legal and institutional ecosystem and system in general. So it wouldn't necessarily be an exact copy of Australia, but it would seek it would have the same purpose and goals. Gilbo, in his latest most uh, public statement that I've seen, uh, has talked, has mentioned talking with other countries that are also looking at the Australian case and seeing how they want to handle big tech giants. And basically, there's been a lot of solidarity among them on, you know, putting a united front or not a united front, but uh, not letting Facebook and Google remain so unregulated internationally.
0: Well, it does have an impact on our media companies and uh, and their ability to uh, to make revenue. So I can understand why the government is uh, is taking a very good, lo- uh, very close look at what's going on right now. So thanks, Danielle. This is really interesting. And when we return, I'd like to come back to the topic of how Google reacted to the proposed media law in Australia, and how it took a different approach to this issue uh, than Facebook.
1: The Asia-Pacific Foundation of Canada invites you to subscribe to Asia Watch, our free email newsletter.
0: Delivered to your inbox every Tuesday and Thursday from our team of research analysts, Asia Watch features the latest news, trends, and issues in Asia that matter to Canadians.
1: Subscribe today at www.asiapacific.ca. A uniquely Canadian take on Asia.
0: I'm speaking with Daniela Rodriguez about the battle royale between Facebook and Australia with Facebook blocking all news content to Australians over the route. Daniela, Google took a slightly less contentious approach to Australia's new media law. Can you tell us how it played out for that tech giant?
1: So Google also strongly opposed the news media bargaining code and even threatened to remove its search engine from Australia, but it never really went ahead with it. It basically started making deals with Australian news companies to pay for their content featured through Google's own licensing service for news called Google News Showcase, which the tech giant has recently released. And at the same time, you have Google's own competitor or close competitor being Microsoft with Bing publicly supporting the news bargain code. So to me, it almost seemed like Google just decided to go this way to avoid any big fights or any sort of stain on its public image, which in the end has served better.
0: Yeah. So I think part of that uh, Microsoft's own experience with the U S government and finding, uh, fighting various lawsuits that, uh, about the size and it's, uh, and it's approach to business. So maybe they've uh, gone through this process and understand it and understand how they can uh, approach the Australian government in a way that would be more, um, collaborative perhaps than uh, than what facebook and google are doing right now. Uh, will australia's new law make any real difference in how we consume our news? would a law here make a difference to journalism in canada?
1: i understand that the news bargaining code in australia centers on protecting and supporting journalism as a key component of a healthy democracy which is a good goal especially since informed democracies work better and the argument is that this news bargaining code will protect them but it's also important to note that this news code doesn't really go about it the right way entirely. A lot of analysts have talked about it, it amounting to a link tax, which would really hobble how the internet functions. But it's also interesting to see that it's really targeted at Google and Facebook and other big tech enterprises like Microsoft seem to not be in the same crosshairs, even though they do the same stuff. It comes down to money and transferring between big tech to news media empires because they're the ones that have the political clout and money to go into big long fights with Google or Facebook to get paid for their content. What it means for journalism, basically, big news media empires have the upper hand already. They will not only get money from the profits from Google and Facebook, but also the news media bargaining code gives them access to user data information in order to better target their news content. Something that they didn't used to get before, but now Facebook and Google could potentially give them, which it has some worrisome concerns, and just extending that right to a media empire doesn't really get at the root of issues with journalism today. It also, there's no guarantee that the money or the profits made out of this new bargaining code will actually be invested in quality journalism. These are primary concerns, especially for digital rights organizations who say that smaller Uh, Local media, especially in rural areas, or either independent journalists who depend on platforms like Google and Facebook to drive content to their journalism will be negatively affected because they won't have the same leverage and bargaining capacity that, say, Newscore will have and who depend on the free flow of linking. So it's important to keep in mind the effect such legislation can have on smaller players. And it's also if we want to protect journalism as a public good, it would also be important to make sure that these deals don't amount to just transferring money from one big private enterprise to another. It could be a lever, but there's other levers to explore. One of being being taxing big tech and redirecting some of those funds to not just journalism, but other things that are in the public interest like education. Also another way to curb sort of their influence. and or make them more responsible actors in the news media space would be to also strengthen privacy laws within Canada and sort of try to regulate how much access they have to personal information from their users. And I think this would go a long way to not just regulating big tech, but protecting smaller journalism outfits and not giving even more benefits to already very large and wealthy organizations.
0: Well, this is a really a complicated topic, and I guess it doesn't surprise me that you see this happening in Australia, which is the headquarters of News Corp. Uh, and News Corp, of course, is one of the largest media outlets in the world. You certainly know who they are when it comes to Fox News and uh, a variety other of other publications that they own. So you can see where the battle lines are being drawn. Well, thank you so much, Daniela. That's a wrap for this week's deep dive into events in Asia that Canadians need to understand. I hope you enjoyed our segment and for twice weekly free intelligence and analysis, please subscribe to Asia Watch or visit our website at www.asiapacific.ca. And if you enjoy what you read, please tell your friends to subscribe. And until next time, thank you very much.